Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Catfish Trail sounds like something you and I need to get on center. Especially because it's locale and great tasting. Yeah. Mississippi Catfish. Hey, welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour 2024. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson. We're all in the Southern Bank Corps studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel for another year of broadcast excellence. <laughs> Well, the super- <laughs> you would have gotten away with I, I it had you not say, laughed. I, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> uh, but we're glad you're here, and I uh, always enjoy uh, talking Southern Miss sports with you. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, is uh, with us. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their sponsorship of our show. As we move into a new year, they're still here. They're still serving great food, and they're still a great place to cater your next event. Well, I haven't seen you, Mr. Sander. I've been gone for a while. You had a good Christmas, I hope. And nice and quiet. Yeah, of course, the older I get, the more, you know, people go, people go, man, you were just by yourself. I said, no, I had one of my children home, but he was only in for a couple of days. And go, by yourself. I said, I don't have a problem being by myself. Quiet is nice sometimes. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Uh, after I, I spent, of course, I enjoyed it greatly, but I spent Christmas uh, with my son's family in Florida. And, you know, you got an 11 year old and an eight year old. It ain't quiet at Christmas, and they're geared up because you're coming, and it's Christmas, and you throw all that and put the dog in the middle of it. and uh, So you got no rest. I <laughs> got no rest at all. How about you, Luke? Are you all rested and uh, complete with Christmas spirit? Uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a good week last week, good dead week. Got a lot of things done. Uh, got a, a little rest, but, yeah, amped up and ready to go, and I'll talk about it later in the show, guys. We had a good show uh, Friday, kind of reliving the biggest stories from 2023. And I might ask you guys later in the show what what you thought the biggest stories were in Southern Miss Athletics over the last year. That's a good segue, to use a broadcast term, to Heath Hinton, who is the proprietor and owner of Big Gold Nation. When you're an executive, a big roller like Heath, there is no time off for Christmas. Am I right, Heath? Yeah, it's a little busy, you know, hey, but some of us, uh, you know, we got to make sure we get people paid. So uh, yeah, probably cut, it takes you about half the day to count your money, in. right? Takes about uh, half a yeah, day just maybe, to count your money every day. Maybe about ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. About ten seconds. Right, so Sander has somebody else that counts his. Oh money, yeah, so. Ernesto. He, Ernesto's still counting. Now. No, Ernesto did my yard, but now he's working for Heath. I got you. So. He's, he's yeah. stole Ernesto. Yeah, he's doing yeah. a great job. It's too. the transfer portal. <laughs> yes. By the way, guys, and Heath, I'll ask you about this. 
Over the weekend, I saw what I thought was the greatest TV commercial yet. is the Dr. Pepper commercial. Yes. When Boz is screaming, the transfer portal is out of control. It sucks three other linemen in, and then the quarterback <laughs> is hanging on. Uh, great. And that leads me into the subject I wanted to, to kick off the show with, uh, with you, Heath. And uh, Kelly and I were talking uh, earlier in my office uh, along with uh, Jeremy Graves. We're almost getting to a point that uh, maybe not the smaller schools like the USMs, but the Power Five schools – Maybe no need to play a bowl game unless you're in the playoffs because it seems like some of the teams just lost half of their players that didn't want to play. And Heath, I, I'm old school. I still find it hard to believe that you could get to the end of the football season and you've got players who say, I'm not going to play with my teammates in the bowl game, but they're standing on the sideline watching the game. Your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of it, the way society works nowadays. It's kind of a byproduct of the times we live in just not playing because number one you don't want to get hurt because you're going to nfl or you're going to go play in the new ufl which is the new xfl usfl league they're they're putting together and you're scared you might uh get hurt and be out of money you know to a certain extent maybe i can see it a little bit if you're like a first round pick yeah, but once again, if, if you sign up to play for a season, should you play for a season? How much does NIL have involved in that? I mean, if you're if you're a guy and you're getting NIL money and you sign up for a year, if you don't play the whole season, does the bowl count as a season? Do you not right. get what you owed? I mean, there's just right. there's so many facets to this, guys, and it's and the NCAA has opened this whole trunk of craziness without any oversight or any way of trying to derail anything that could happen and this is what they've caused this is all on the NCAA well well there's there's really no question about that Kelly I think I think one example that just jumped out at me now the Florida State guys 21 of them don't play oh yeah, didn't didn't we didn't wasn't it a rumor that Florida State quote wasn't going to show up for right. their bowl they game and they ended up not showing? Well, you're right, Luke. In a way, they didn't show up. They physically showed and, up. But here's the one that kills me. And I'm not an LSU fan. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't dislike LSU, but they bring a kid in who transfers. They groom him up. They coach him up. They promote him. He wins. Won the Heisman. Am I right about that? The LSU quarterback won the Heisman. Jaden Daniels. Yeah. And then he doesn't play in the damn bowl game. I mean, Luke, make some logic of this kind of stuff. The philosophy of the day is postmodernism, which means there is no objective standard to which people follow. The self, the autonomous self, is the determiner of what is right and good. Um, and, And this is how it leaks down. Basically, you can, without guilt, stand on the sideline, as you mentioned, and everybody's cool with it because you're doing, quote, what's best for you and your family. So... Where it used to be, where there was a, you know, we, we, we had Derek Hamilton on this show, and he was talking about the insurance uh, policy, you know, they had to take out for Kyle because he was a first-round pick, um, but he was still playing. Um, I, I think the, the number one rule of, of college football for us always was, and, and again, I'm not throwing this back to the good old days, I'm just simply saying that, that you do what's needed for, for the team to win. And, uh, and and I think JJ McCarthy from Michigan kind of kind of summarized that the other you know they, they're talking about him and he was saying it as well. I mean, uh, stats don't matter as long as the W's um, you know pile up. And I couldn't imagine 
you know, guys that I was in a locker room with, if you want to go on, fine, go on. But if you don't want to play with us and, and see this thing through, especially if you're, if you're not a first round pick and you're not a top five, I can get guys that aren't playing for the playoff risking injury. I totally understand that. But again, that's what insurance is there for. But to have the gall just kind of be there, especially when you're getting beat. And to see them in their bowl gear and, you know, just knowing that they could have impacted the game, that's really hard to watch as a former player. Well, look, as a fan, that's hard to watch. Well, it leads you to believe that if the players are making those decisions, what they're telling you as a fan is this game is not that important to me. Well, then why should it be to us as fans when we're already paying inflated ticket prices? Right to go to these bowl games, mm-hmm. and I know there's a social element to it. I get that, but if it's not important to the players, why should it be important to, to Luke? I want to go back. What was that term? It sounded like you were a college professor. What was that term? Postmodernization. <laughs> Postmodernism, meaning that there that there's wow. the there's no objective standard. Modernism based off more objectivity. Postmodernism, subjectivity. The subject, the individual, is the determiner of reality and truth. Wow, which which is has infected. Our society, and and again, that's why, uh, and and Heath, I'll, I'll throw it back to you after I make this statement. That's why a guy can be busting his tail, turn around, seeing the best receiver on the team who opted out, standing there, joking around with people, and him not have a problem with it, because the individual is the determiner for what's best for the individual. Heath, Heath. I'll let you follow up on that. Uh, Luke's exactly right. The, there is no, uh, you know, it used to be those saying there's no I in team. That's gone. Well, but there is an me because because yeah, there's a me because it's all about uh, yourself. And look, I'm like Luke. I can see it if you're a first round pick, maybe a you know top five pick. If you're you know, I get it because you don't want to get out there and get hurt and waste away millions of dollars. But also, at what point of a team? It just the idea of a team is lost these days. But there's no such thing with the transfer portal with people going to different places. Nobody has an allegiance to anywhere anymore because of postmodernism, just like what Luke is talking about. There's I will no say though, anymore. It, it mattered last night. But about eleven forty-five, Dylan Johnson showed. <laughs> I mean, I know that his injury almost uh, almost cost Washington the game. But that dude's out there injured running back, fighting for a spot at the national championship, doing whatever it takes. And that that kind of used to be the fact that you get to put on the pads one more time and strap it up with your brothers meant more than anything. That's exactly right. And remember the kid, Luke, from uh, Marshall, the quarterback that uh, – Byron Leftwich. Yeah, I, mean, I remember Byron seeing Lefwich. him play in a bowl game where he they were literally helping him to the line of scrimmage. But he was so injured. But he didn't think about coming out because he was with his team. And unfortunately, I think that's part of the past. It, are we going to be quizzed on postmodernism? I, I hope wanna... not. <laughs> I was taking I, I notes. I failed my last test 40 years ago. <laughs> While Dr. Johnson was explaining that, I was trying to write, that, write it down. All as right, as we're going to keep Heath around and uh, talk a little bit about what, what's in store for Southern Miss in 2024. It's not off to a good start. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, Town & Country Cleaners is Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners, family-owned and operated since 1983. They still offer everybody shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, steam pressing, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location. They're right across the street from uh, USM on Hardy Street, or you can call them at 601-264-4920. also want to thank Campus Bookmart. There's nobody on the planet I think more of than Miss Kathleen. I know my buddy here, Kelly, feels the same way about her. And uh, we uh, just thank the world of her. We think it's the place to go for all your Southern Miss swag. And we hope every time you're in Campus Bookmart, you tell her that the Eagle Hour guys were sending out love to her because we do like Miss Kathleen. You know, town and Country Cleaners might be able to help our basketball team in, in, um, install a steam press. Well, maybe we could use it. <laughs> All right, I, I want to throw in my two cents worth since I was uh, in Fl- Florida uh, last week about 2023, Luke. For me, the highlight had to be had to be the magnificent run of the baseball team winning the conference championship, letting them know that a big boy is now in the conference in baseball, going to Auburn and winning that, and then uh, playing so well and getting into the Super Regional again. Uh, that to me had to be the story of 2023. Curious, did you guys agree with that? Yeah, Jack Jack Duggan and I um, kind of talked all about baseball. Of course, we said probably the biggest sports story was Scott Berry's retirement, and then we talked about the Super Regionals and we talked about hosting the Super Regional back back years. And what was hilarious was in all that conversation, it just totally slipped our minds that we won the conference tournament. You know, and like yeah. that would be the huge story. And in the yeah. middle of that, you you win. You know. Regular season basketball conference championships. You have the preseason player of the year for both men and women. But all of that got swallowed up just with the Super Regional and Coach Barry's retirement. Yeah, what a great year for base. Just what a, what a magnificent year. All right, but let's look ahead. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, 2024. And let's start with the sports that are underway. A hot start for both the men and women's basketball teams. But things have cooled off, Heath Hinton. What's the problem? Yeah, the ladies uh, just well. You got poor Dom. She's uh, injured, playing hurt. When she they need her at a hundred percent because there's nobody in the league as good as Dom Davis. There's nobody in the league as good as Dom Davis when she uh, when she's on, and they need her at a hundred percent. And they're just struggling right now. They'll find their way, but coaching you know sometimes their teams in the middle of the season struggle a little bit, then they'll find their way. So I, I'm not I'm not too terribly worried about them yet. Men, they're just having a hard time scoring, and they're having a hard time stopping people from scoring. You know, you look at every game; it seems like every team is, uh, yeah, every team's just having a phenomenal shooting night against Southern Miss for whatever reason. And for whatever is it over pursuing? Uh, what's the deal? What what on defense is causing people to have such great night shooting? But, I mean, you look at the Ole Miss game on the coast, great night. You look at this last game, they haven't shot 35% all season, and they shoot almost 60% uh, from the floor and three. So, I mean, it's just they've got to fix something on defense, and offensively they've got to make some baskets. Uh, too many uh, teams are getting too many easy baskets uh, at the rim, especially when you got a seven-footer out there. Shouldn't be happening, and – you know, missing a dunk, a wide-open dunk, bricking a dunk, seven-footers shouldn't do that. So they've got some things to correct. They've got talent, but they've got some things to correct. Maybe, uh, you know, Corbello being with the team a little longer, they'll gel a little better. 
But he's not, you know, he's going to help them control things on the floor. He's going to get in the lane. But shooting, they're going to have to figure something out there. He can't help them, you know, shoot right. better. Heath, so, Heath, are they missing? Are they missing Hase's shooting more or Pinkney's big body presence more? Mm, that's a good question. I think Hase's ability to take a big outside to shoot and get him away from the rim and leave those other guys open. You know, Harris always had a double double it seems toward the middle of the season because of that. And Pinkney was so so valuable because it's six nine. He could do so many multiple things, but also could bring another big out to shoot the three, but could play very strong defense. So I think both of those guys, they're missing, and they haven't been able to replace I think Pinkney was – And they haven't found a thing. And I said this to you, Kelly, last year. I thought Pinkney was the MVP of the team last year. You you lose that, and you lose Hase. It's tough. But, Kelly Sander, when you get blown out by an 0-12 team, it – creates a big sore that's going to be hard to ignore. Not shooting well at all from the free throw line either. And, of course, the key word there is free, so nobody's guarding you, right? Not making not making a high percentage of free throws. Uh, and losing to Georgia Southern, with all due respect to the Georgia Southern Eagles, that's like two to the field. You know, you're, you're losing two to the field because that team is not going to probably win a whole lot of games. And you go there and lose by 21 or, you know, whatever it was, um, this is this has got me a little bit concerned. Um, now they're coming back home against Georgia State, you know, this week, and the Eagles have not been home hardly at all this year. But that one is a real head scratcher. Yeah. Well, let's get positive for a minute, Keith. We're in, we're moving into twenty twenty four. We're only about forty forty five days away from baseball and back to back regional champions, conference champions, first year. The Golden Eagles, uh, let me try to think of the right description. They've just been magnificent the last two years. They, they've been on a roll that I don't think those of us that follow baseball or really love the baseball program could have ever imagined. What do you think is going to happen in 2024 when the era of the Oz takes place? I think, you know, some people have asked that Southern Miss going to take a step back. No, I think it's a seamless transition. I think if you if it's not broke, you don't fix it. I think Coach Oz is uh, very happy with where the program was and the direction it's going in. I think maybe some things he changed a little different, bring a little more pitching in. I do think this team's going to be able to pitch. Maybe probably the best pitching staff, maybe in the conference. They're deep. They got guys on the front end, uh, middle relief, and on the back end that that can uh, get people out on a regular basis. Uh, Pitching and look early in the season before the bats come around. Pitching is always ahead, but I think this season you're going to see uh, Southern Miss maybe the best pitching staff they had in a while. And if the bats can come around, if they can get some guys to uh, get that going, um, what's Wilt's going to be like in left field? How's Monastery going to you know adjust to being a center fielder? They've got some bats on the team. This team could be really exciting. They could be really good. Um, you know, just new guys in different positions, but I don't think the philosophy is going to change. I don't think the way they're going to play is going to change. I just think it's going to be, uh, you know, business as usual, and I think yeah. that's probably what Coach Oz wants to do. Finished in the top 10 of every major poll this year and certainly a top 20 team uh, as the season kicks. All right, following that, uh, Luke Johnson will come football. And uh, in 2024, is this fair to say? A make-or-break season for Will Hall. 
I mean, yeah, absolutely. He knows that. Everybody knows that, and that's one of the things you you uh, are given uh, are given a, an opportunity to, to fix it. You thought everything was going to change in, in year three, and it didn't happen. You were a, a whole lot closer. Um, and I think he told us on this show, you look back at, at 2022, there were a couple games there that Golden Eagles probably should have lost, but they won. 2023, a couple games that you should have won, most definitely that you didn't. Uh, I, I would, I'll, I'll be interesting to see how much of the playbook we see in spring practice um, I'll be interested to see how much uh, what what Chip Long's philosophy is, especially with with Ethan Crawford, um, and to see the formulation of a new offensive line. That it, it's going to go back from the very beginning of when Will Hall came. The strength of this team moving forward will be what can the offensive line do in order to protect a new quarterback, allow a quarterback like Ethan Crawford to utilize his full abilities. And the, the depth and the strength of the offensive line will determine what they do in 2024. All right, Heath, I'm going to let you wrap this up. When we're sitting here this time next year, God willing, um, what will have been the biggest sports story of the 2024 year? Ooh, right now, uh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, looking at 2024, it will be, I think there's two, be baseball. What does baseball do postseason? Uh, keep that streak going and football will will know more about will hall's recruiting ability because the offensive line position is a position at the group of five level that you have to coach that you have to teach how good has his recruiting been we're going to see that this year because those guys are going to be stepping up and playing so i think those are the two big stories baseball keeping that postseason uh, tradition going and Will Hall's ability to recruit, will it pay off this year? All right, my friend, always fun having you on the Eagle Hour. Happy New Year to you, and thanks for all the contributions you make to our program. Hey, thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Heath Hinton, everybody, Big Gold Nation, great publication if you want to keep up, of course, with Southern Miss Sports. Hey, Genesis of Hattiesburg's the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest luxury vehicles on the road today. And coming soon, and I mean soon, the all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. I figure we'll be there for the grand opening. Something tells me there'll be an Eagle Hour event there that day, Kelly Sanders. Well, yeah, but it'll be a day that I'm out of town, I'm sure, and you guys will see to it <laughs> that I'm out of town. Can I just go ahead and say it? Baseball's going to Omaha. Can I just go ahead and say it? I hope you're right, brother. I hope you're right. Larry Warren, if you're listening, we're going. That is not outside the realm of possibility. No, I agree. I agree. How exciting is that? Think about that. And that you're right. I mean, you're they, right. Southern Miss doesn't rebuild anymore. They just reload. When when we get back, let me tell you guys a quick story that I ran into in Tallahassee, Florida about Southern Miss. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of our program, and we love Slade the gang down there. Great lunches, as you know. Great entertainment at night. They have trivia, I believe, on Wednesday night, Kelly. They do? Yeah, so there's always something fun at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We really appreciate them 
signing up for another year on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corp Studios. Hattiesburg and Laurel, the full gang is here. Before we move on to the games last night, I just want to share this with you guys. So we're checking into a hotel in Tallahassee. There's a young guy who's the clerk, and we get to talking to him. He's real friendly. Come to find out he's an assistant high school football coach in Tallahassee. You made a great comment, Kelly, having to work, you know, at a hotel. On <laughs> yeah, it's sad in, a, in society where teachers, full-time yeah. teachers, are having to take part-time jobs just Correct. to make ends That's meet. Right. But. but he goes on to start talking about football, and, and when he saw where we were from, he goes, oh, man, I, I've been to Hattiesburg a lot. And uh, what takes you to Hattiesburg? He started talking about all the scouting that uh, that they've done, and I never did quite put together – I, maybe they're scouting spots for their players. I mean, I don't know what it is exactly they're doing, but he was very familiar with Jones College and Pearl River. And he goes on to say, man, you guys in Mississippi, y'all play some junior college football. And he said, I'm going to tell you something else about Mississippi. He goes, nobody wants to come there and play baseball. Man, y'all play baseball in Mississippi. So in Tallahassee, Florida, there is a recognition of our junior college football program. And our baseball, and and I think all three baseball schools very proud programs. And and I know we're going to talk about bowl games and things in just a second, but can I go? I wanted to go back in the second segment. We talked about you know the the prospectus for Southern Miss and the upcoming baseball season. The thing that the thing that people need to remember too about this Southern Miss baseball team is they are baseball wise in a conference that might as well be a Power Five. Oh yeah, right. Good what, baseball in, in baseball, when you look at the talent from top to bottom, you know, Coastal, Louisiana, you know, Southern Miss, Georgia Southern. I Troy mean, has a solid baseball program. All all these teams, you know, at, well, Old, Old Dominion, Dominion, you know, Old Dominion. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all these teams are really, really good, and the fact that the Southern Miss team can compete in that conference with quality across the board. Great. You know, it means that your program is in pretty doggone it's, good it, shape. It's just great. It's just fantastic. Uh, we're going to slip into baseball here pretty quick, and uh, no, it, it, we're already slipping a little bit. I to think. that point, I mean, here, I, I don't want to use the word power because you haven't made it to Omaha, but now hosting two supers back to back, you are a a solidified top twenty program. That's no, what you no are. Question. No, that's question. what you are. There's no question about that. That's exactly right. If you listen to this show, you know we'll have plenty of baseball talk here coming up soon. But let's, I, I suspect. Let's, let's switch gears real quick. Kelly Sander, Luke Johnson, could you have seen a more exciting college football game than Michigan and Alabama? And, uh, Kelly, let me ask you quickly. How often do you see Alabama get manhandled on the line of scrimmage like they were at times last night by Michigan? No, hardly ever. Ever. Uh, and Kirk Ferentz, the coach at Iowa, who I'm not a big fan of Iowa because I went to Iowa State, so it's in my DNA. But Kirk Ferentz in the in the Big Ten championship game. Now Ferentz has been around a long time, and after Iowa got, you know, uh, handled pretty easily by Michigan, he said, "In all my years of coaching, that Michigan team is the best college football team, top to bottom, that I've ever seen." But the fact that Florida State didn't get in, I was I went on record. I thought Florida State got messed over. I thought they should have been there. But Alabama proved they're pretty doggone good that they that they took Michigan as as far you know right, as right. as they did. And you guys, I know Michigan hasn't had the success necessarily that Alabama has had over the years, where you guys were kind of 
you know, cheering for Michigan. I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I was, I was, I was, I was kind of pulling for Bama. I, I was pulling. I, well, here's what here's what Michigan proved to me. They never had trailed in the second half, and Bama was in situations throughout the year where they had to respond. I mean, think about it. This is a team that I think they were losing to South Florida, and that was the, the Milrow. You know, he got benched after that, and and then he he made the turnaround. Um, Bama, you know, played from behind, and the fact was Michigan had to have a drive, and they had to have a long drive to to win that football or to tie that football game, and they did it. I mean, Harbaugh went for for two. What I mean, went for uh, on fourth down, what twice, right. and uh, then they just ran the ball in overtime and had the ability. I, I was more surprised, probably, at Michigan's defense in that game more than anything else. Yeah, how about that defensive line? My heavens, what about that defensive line? But you're right, Kelly. Alabama proved again. The truth is, if you'd have asked the coaches and you could have got an honest answer out of them, none of them wanted to play Alabama. Nobody wants to play Alabama in the in the national. Is that not fair to say, Luke? Nobody really wanted to play Alabama. Yeah, but I'm at the same token. I mean, would you want to play Georgia, who just lost by three? You know, I I think the the Florida State. I'm still okay. So let me just make this statement as a college football fan: Florida State having like what 29 opt outs and getting beat as as the the worst bowl loss in the history. That that doesn't that doesn't affirm or confirm that the committee got it right. Okay, Agree, agreed. You you can't use that as metrics because it was not. Florida State, and and I know that people will say, well, then you know, players being missing matters. Well, they were missing Jordan Travis. I get that, but they won without Jordan Travis. So, what I'm about to say doesn't. But I think there's a case to be made that maybe Georgia got got messed over by the committee too. Yeah. That's, so yeah. you put. I, I think I think that Georgia might could have beat Michigan. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with that because I, I think up front. Um, they probably offensively they could have, but man, all that to say, uh, I was really impressed with with Michigan's defense, and I hadn't really been that high on JJ McCarthy, but I mean, dude, game manager, marched them down the field, and uh, really, yeah, I, I will not, kid. I will not be for them in the national championship because I assume we're going to talk about game two now. Game two, Texas and uh, Washington. Washington wins the thriller. Both are great games. You're right about that, Luke. This is my thought about that game, too. I've heard this from a lot of guys that are big SEC fans. Oh, when Texas and Oklahoma gets in the SEC, you'll see how average they are. Really? You really think Texas is not going to be able to come compete in the SEC? I think they're both going to compete well in the SEC. And Texas, uh, Kelly, looks like a team that could play with anybody. They should. They should. Because when you look, you talk about the – most resourced schools in the country. They're number one, aren't they? Number one. They have got. They are bow-legged with money. They have got money coming out of their ears. So facility-wise, NIL-wise, every other wise, Texas should be good. They were for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Sarkeesian now apparently has figured out. I'll be interested to see the TV ratings because you got two Yankee football teams now. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Isn't it? Playing for the national championship. I don't but, know the people in the now South. Now, Luke, you know, Washington, nobody's really talking about Washington, but here's what I saw with Washington. They got one hell of a quarterback. I mean, that kid can throw dimes, and they're big and strong and tough, and who's to say they won't win the whole thing? So I would I would say that, that 
so I was texting a, with with a, a friend last night, and I think Washington probably has the best receiving core in the nation. That was brought out to me by somebody. And I think that's that's fair. Cook and McMillan, and I can't ever pronounce the first round draft pick's name. That guy, he's who phenomenal. played? Who played? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, they're playing for national championship. Yeah. They're going to play, but but Penix, Penix is a is like clinical. Like with his accuracy, he threaded that that uh, that post last night oh, between man, the, yeah. both safeties. Um, they're going to have to roll Penix because Michigan is going to blitz the fire out of them. I would say uh, Washington would be favored in this game, except for the fact that Michigan found a way to to uh, corral Milrow. And um, but it's going to be fun. I'm I'm probably for Washington. That's probably who I'm for um, ahead of time. But it's going to be fun to watch Washington. Probably a little more finesse at the same time. Uh, Michigan, you know, with a huge offensive line, but it, it it's really going to come down to the play of Michael Penix, I think, and whether he protects the football, yep. because I don't think Michigan has faced a quarterback with that much accuracy this year. Right, Kelly, you grew up in it, uh, and I know this is almost sacrilege to say this in the South, but I'm a fan of Big Ten football. I like the style of football, and I, I you know, they're big, tough guys. They run the football. They play defense, and Michigan is just the epitome of that, are they not? Well, the Midwest usually produces, you know, big corn-fed corn fed linemen on both both sides, offensively and defensively, and they're especially good at tight ends. They put out, you know, really good uh, tight ends. It's a different style of football, which which has not bode well for them in the past. Correct, exactly right. Because they haven't, you know, can, can you name, of like, Iowa, for example, a wide receiver to come out of Iowa? No, it's always linemen. Mm-hmm. Tight ends, kind of the, the, the same with Michigan. Mm-hmm. But um, hey, would uh, would Brock Purdy have played in in a bowl game, Kelly? That wasn't for the playoff. Yes, he would have. I th- I, I mean I I think you're right. I, I would like to think that that he would yeah. have, but it's you know easy for me to say. I guess yeah. he's uh, doing pretty good for himself. Yeah, except uh, he'd like to go back in college where he could make more money. <laughs> you know, what was the thing the kid from or texas if he gets mad just go to another team yeah eight hundred thousand he's making with the 49ers and guys sitting on the bench at texas are making 2.1 <laughs> it's hard to believe yeah. that'd be one arch manning uh it's just hard to believe. yeah it's yeah that's it well that's, that's good because that family needed some financial infusion yeah they don't know where their next meal is coming they're from. struggling yeah. there's no question Women's basketball. I think they play here in town. I'm a little out of touch. Been away for a while, but playing th- uh, Thursday. Luke I think and Kelly will straighten me out when we come back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on a Tuesday, live from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Kelly Santer. Happy to have you along on the ride this first week of 2024. Told you about the men losing over the weekend to Georgia Southern. They will look to rebound this coming Thursday, hosting Georgia State in Redring Coliseum at 7 p.m. We're working to get Dave Cohen, the voice of Georgia State, on tomorrow or Thursday to preview that game for us. Ladies dropped their 
conference opener by a score of 87-72 to against the Marshall Thundering Herd. That took place Saturday. Dom Davis led the way with 29 points, uh, but Lady Eagles couldn't uh, couldn't fight off Marshall, who outscored the Lady Eagles in the second half, 47 to uh, to 34. So Lady Eagles dropped their fourth in a row, 0 and 1 in the Sun Belt. Dom Davis 29 points, Malaya Grayson 15 points, Jacora Bracy 10 points and 12 rebounds. And um, going forward, and, and Lady Eagles will actually play tomorrow. Uh, they'll be at Coastal Carolina, that game at 5 p.m. Central. One thing, um, Bob and Kelly, that, that really teams have done the last couple games is they've taken Morgan Seifer out of the game, and, and Dom has put up all kinds of points. Um, but but Seifer, you know, early on was, was a point of uh, double-digit scoring. And so, you know, you take her out, they did a good job of limiting for Kayla Gray to seven points, and it just basically becomes Dom or bust. And it was uh, at halftime. That was like a two-point game. I mean, uh, and then uh, Marshall separated itself, you know, later on in the second half of the game, which was kind of the way the men's game was too. At, at Georgia Southern, man, they just got off. They they just got off to a very poor start to begin with. The Eagles didn't. They battled back to five or six, then you know couldn't make some free throws or you know made one out of the two and fifty percent of the free throw line or whatever. You know, a little bit better. You got to shoot. You know, eighty. You know, at least eighty percent from the free throw line. If you're not, if you're not going to be making, you know, some shots inside that Heath was talking about a little bit earlier. But um, yeah, Georgia State won its opener uh, this past weekend, so the Panthers come in here uh, Thursday night. First time in a long time the Eagles have been at home, so hopefully the the fan base will respond. Although the students still don't go back for quite some time. Must be nice to be a college student. They're still out for Christmas. Oh yeah, they won't. They won't go back to the second semester till probably um, the week. Probably the I don't know seventeenth, eighteenth, January. I think it's, it may even be a little after that. Like one year, the last year, the year before, they went back like the twenty sixth. Life's tough on them, and no wonder they're so stressed, <laughs> Bob. It's emotional <laughs> fatigue, you know, with the final exams and, th- and things that they have. Yes, they need to go to a safe space and chill for a while is that right <laughs> oh he's he's on his editorial uh, soapbox again today Luke. Ooh, i'm fresh i'm back <laughs> unfortunately yeah he's, he's re- oh, recharged a couple, couple more notes from from friday uh that, that jack mentioned uh of course frank gore goes over four thousand yards third all time behind fletch and ito smith but one thing that got brought up was uh not only we couldn't determine what Dustin Dickerson ate the last week of the regular season and the entire postseason. All of us on it, whatever diet he was on, with uh, a lot of know, pickles. I know muscle, that. muscle, the muscle mass yeah. and and the power. But we of course brought up the fact that Danny Lynch, um, what he did against the beloved Raging Cajuns on Senior Day with eight RBIs, two grand slams, will probably go down as one of the greatest finishes to a career, maybe in, in Southern Miss history, when you think about everything that that matchup has meant, the the jokes back and forth, and, and you know, Jay Walker's exception to uh, when, when he pimped the home run, when Danny did, and then just to basically say, hey, guys, I'm going to beat you myself. I'm yeah. going to I'm going to knock in eight runs on senior day against you and sweep you. And you know, if he, Lynch is very very popular down in South Louisiana, I understand. Yeah, like a cold toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, and and if coaching doesn't work out at Southern Miss, he can always go into the WWE as the dad bod, Danny Lynch. 
Jack couldn't Jack couldn't confirm whether or not Danny was consulted by Sam Gregg and Jordy Joseph for that Thursday night game that we won in overtime, but I think he was included in the game. Hey, do you you, you guys want to hear? Be you want to hear my sports prediction for twenty twenty four? Let's hear. It. Are no. you ready? I'm ready. The Southern Miss football team wins the West of the Sun Belt Conference, plays in the Sun Belt Championship game, wins it, and is the fourteenth seed. In the national playoff. I knew I shouldn't have given you all that liquor at Christmas. What is wrong with you? <laughs> there is no 14th seed. You talk about me. There's, there's only 12 teams. Oh, 12. All right. Well, then we'll be the 11th seed. I have to amend my uh... – Well, if it's 11th seed, that's good because that means you're not playing Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, or Alabama. Okay? And if you don't, so, th- and if you don't, if you don't think a certain number of wins is important this year, why do you think that Ohio State game was taken off the schedule and replaced with Kentucky? Still not going to be an easy game. Right? I mean, compared to expectations. It is the closest the national that play. a group of five team are the fairest that the uh, football postseason will ever be. And and in the, I think even though Liberty got destroyed, I think the group of five went like four and five in the in the football playoff. I think that's the record that I saw. So it was four and six, I think, with, with Liberty losing. So it wasn't like they got destroyed every year for the past decade, but no. it'll be fun when we go to 12. Right, look, make sure you document this statement. You know we record all these. You things, recorded right? it. That's yeah, what I was Winning the West this fall. They're going to be in the national playoff. Yeah, win, win the Sun Belt Championship. Whew. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. I'm, I'm not even on my meds. <laughs> Maybe you should get on. You're there. obviously off them. <laughs> Maybe you should get on some. That wraps up the Eagle Hour for today. Back tomorrow at one o'clock. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.